everybody, welcome to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I'm your host, Gerd Molin, and as always, enjoy the music. Yeah, welcome back to another episode. <laughs> welcome, it's the last. I'm recording this on December 31st. So the last episode for this year in 2023. And um, yeah, first and foremost, I hope you're doing fine wherever you are right now. And yeah, you will listen to this episode already in the new year. So at this point, uh, welcome to 2024. I hope it had wonderful, yeah roll over or fall in into this new cycle and happy 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 new year to all of you and at this point i want to thank each and every one of you who has been listening to this episode or episode <laughs> podcast so far who has been following it uh, who has been rating it this is episode number 30 so wow another little milestone you know like when i started this podcast I didn't expect, I didn't have a number in, my, in mind. I just went from week week by week. And, you know, it really yeah, means a lot to me for all your support, for, yeah, people reaching out, um, starting really interesting conversations, or just, you know, letting me know how this podcast helped them. And this means a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. And, yeah, a round of applause for you. Of course, of course. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm drinking at the moment mm, delicious Peruvian hot chocolate, 100% chocolate. The music. It is a little, a little sip. <laughs> mm. So there actually there will be some changes moving forward to 2024. There's so much to discuss this episode. Um, so we're going to try um, to, so I'm going to go back to just audio for solo episodes and only use video recordings when I have a guest. And actually, now that I'm going to finish the High Flow Research Collective program, so I'm going to be a certified um, flow coach, I'm going to focus on producing more like focused content around flow and positive psychology well-being, self-awareness, and also like, you know, like this goes hand in hand with Lumi, which we're going to start early this earlier in next year or this year, 2024. So when you listen to this, then it's 20, 2024, but I'm recording in 2023. <laughs> but yeah, more about this anytime soon. And, you know, um, yeah, if you want to, just a little shout out, if you want to support this podcast, yeah, I would be so, so grateful for any five-star ratings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or of any any platform you, you're you listening to, actually. Or just by sharing this uh, podcast with your friends and or family members. Um, yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, this week's uh, episode. It's going to be a little interesting, how to say, a year review. So going back, I actually did uh, Tim Ferriss's past year review i'm gonna link in the show note and i went through each week and um so how does it work 
basically works in a sense that you create two columns, positive and negative. And then you go through week by week, you know, you can look through pictures or your calendar and you put any activity, event, any people, any anything, you know, anything that happened, you can either put it in the positive bucket, so things that really moved you forward, they're like, wow, that you know, there was like a kind of like an energy exchange that up an upward spiral. Or you put things that happened to you, places, events, you know, anything uh, that were kind of like negative and that kind of like that dragged you back and dragged you down. And then you can like go through week by week and then you can like have a, two columns and a beautiful list of very positive things and negative things. It's also a very beautiful exercise because usually um, you kind of like end up with a very, very long positive column and it kind of reminds you how how many good things actually happens happen in one year. It's a beautiful gratefulness exercise as well. And what you do then is actually you look at both columns and you ask yourself the question. Now I'm going to look up the question. <laughs> uh, one second. The question being... It's a very simple question. just want to say it wrong. Oh, yeah. So then you look at, after you've gone through the past year, you look at your notepad and you look at both columns and you ask yourself what 20% of each column produced the most reliable or powerful peaks, both negative and negative. And by doing that, you kind of like look at what are the 20% that really, really triggered a peak, either in positive or negative emotions. And then it gives you really good overview and data about it kind of becomes very, um, kind of say, obvious. What are the things that really move you forward and what are the things that kind of track you down? And then the idea is that for next year, you you double down on the things that really like triggered peak positive emotions. You really schedule more time in your calendar, be it with spending time with people, working on projects, visiting certain places, doing certain things. So you really double down on creating more space in the following year. And then the other, the other way around as well, you remove all the peak negative experiences from your calendar or avoid them the next year. And this, you kind of like move towards more and more things in your life that propel you forward, that kind of like really trigger an upward spiral of positive emotions and get you going and going and going. Beautiful exercise. And... Yeah, it also like helps you to yeah. avoid this kind of like FOMO and whatnot because most of the, many times actually we all know it. Anytime, anytime we we experience this fear of missing out, it's actually mostly ta- events or things that happened that in the end were actually not that yeah positive for us. We just yeah, it was just this yeah weird fear that you know we miss out if we don't do that, but actually it has nothing to do with what's authentic to our to our well being. Mm. Speaking of authentic well-being, I just finished a beautiful book. So I'm going to get into the list very soon. I'm just jumping around a bit. I finished Authentic Happiness by Martin Seligman, Dr. Martin Seligman. He is the founder of the positive psychology. And for those who don't know, positive psychology is uh, quite relatively new. And uh, a very, yeah, um, strongly evidence-based modality or like theory or like a field let's put the field and it really focuses instead of like kind of like focusing on 
how to treat, uh, like how to like just looking at the negative things in one's life, you know, depression, anxiety, and all that. Positive psychology really emphasizes enhancing well-being and the personal growth of a person and about cultivating one's strength and virtues and promoting positive emotions such as gratitude, joy, hope, and love. And also like focusing on strong social connections in one's life because they really have a big impact on one's um, overall well-being. Another aspect of positive psychology is the importance of mindfulness, so to really present in one's life and fully engaged in our current experience. So it's a very interesting field where it's actually very much about uh, preven prevention, uh, that really focusing on like what are what are the people's strengths and focusing on like on those strengths and really on the positive experience in one's life. And very very important. This has nothing to do with toxic positivity. Uh, it's nothing about um, ignoring anything that actually harms you or like talk something beautiful it's really about uh developing one's understanding what what are my strengths what do i should i focus on what 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 am i really good at and really like it's about this development of, of especially also, also like gratitude and mindfulness it's a beautiful field and a great book just finish it and there was actually one chapter which blew me away um, I think Martin Seligman it was, uh, I mean, the book came out early 2000s and in one chapter he talked about this method he does every year where he has like categories and he scores them um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like Lumi. <laughs> I was like, wow. And he wrote that, yeah, this is a very good method to keep, really like keep track on how you're really doing because you can't really lie to yourself. I was like, wow. And I was like, maybe we should contact him. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah the app is soon coming out and i think it would be amazing to you know to see how yeah what we could if there's a possibility it's very far-fetched but you know that's how it starts um if i don't contact him there's a no for sure <laughs> if i contact him there's a chance for a yes and a no but there's 100 percent more chance to a yes than if i don't contact him do you agree <laughs> Another sip. And so this is a great book. I can really recommend it. Authentic Happiness by Martin Seligman. His second book uh, is also called Flourish. I will read it soon. But I started a really cool book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. Rubin, Rick Rubin. Amazing. I just read 30 pages. Uh, it was gifted to me for my birthday by a very dear friend of mine. And it's an amazing book. Wow. I got goosebumps reading the few chapters. I will probably will do an episode about it. Okay, so, my dear listeners, now I talked about, uh, yeah, so about my past year review. Very interesting. It was a beautiful exercise. I just did it before this episode. And just going through the, your pictures and your calendar, it's, um, it's a really good episode. Yeah, exercise to be just so grateful for what you experience in your life and become aware of things that have really big impact on my on me on you you know and you know maybe let's let's start with so i did my list was insane i think my the ratio of positive to negative was at least let me check three to one or four to one almost um but you know, like what I've realized so this year has been an insane year of growth and, and, and change and transformation. And 
I won't go into details about all the positive things that happened to me, but I think there has been a very beautiful um, emerging pattern. And I think there would be four pillars that were actually... Uh, let me just check. I'm just checking my notes. <laughs> so <I'm laughs> yeah, as I'm going through, I think there are four, four pillars you can actually put all these positive things into, kind of categorize them. I think there were things that really moved me forward, anything to do with creativity and creation. And, you know, like things that really produced peak, peak positive emotions were, yeah, working on Lumi, like the creative act of um, creating this, you know, starting from, from and it's, it's, it starts with a small, it started with a small whisper, actually one, one year ago, one and a half years ago, to turn this method into an app that can be shared and distributed much easier. And you know, like it's an interesting process because this idea comes in, then it's a whisper, it's very vague, and you don't see, or at least I don't see a clear picture. It's more like a feeling. You start somewhere, you see how it feels like, then it doesn't feel right, then you try something else. And it's like, it's an interesting and strange way of creating something because then you think you go this way, then you actually, nah, it doesn't feel right, then you try again something else. So working on Lumi and the app has been an absolute peak highlight of this year um, and this comes hand in hand with just software engineering coding I love for me coding is a pure expression of creativity and it, for me it's an art um, of course it has the name of engineering in it but for me coding and being able to express ideas digitally is a form of art in my opinion and because it, writing code is such a personal reflection of one's own, own thoughts and ideas I was like, how you write code? You, you Two people or three people will never write the same way code or like solve a problem the same way unless it's a very like rigid problem with a rigid solution. But other than that, it's so creative. And hand in hand with this, I'm actually um, working on this podcast. It has been a huge, how do you say? Mm, I had, it's a huge burden I had to overcome to start the podcast and share publicly my thoughts and, and whatnot. And I remember the first weeks were like, wow, there were moments of great anxiety, like, okay, I'm publishing the podcast. Who, who likes it? Does anyone like it? And one sip. And yeah, I think as time went on, I think it got much easier because then I had guests and they really enjoyed the show i enjoyed having the guests i was like wow i'm so it's such a cool way of kind of like having cool conversations with people record it share it and share it with the world and, and this might inspire other people to think about certain things differently or like um invite me to think about diff things differently by feedback so for me the podcast has been a beautiful channel to for expression and creativity and to be honest where we are now, I think just look at the statistics, we have more than 400 week, weekly listeners. I mean, it's still very small, but you know, where we started off with zero, then, you know, a few, and then like, kind of like it spreads slowly. And I think more than I've ever expected. I'm so grateful for this. So thank you, thank you to all your listeners. I think that's why I want to... I also noticed though, you know, like we also started recording the videos, 
I want to go back to just recording audio solo and do videos with guest episodes because I think for me solo, I feel much more aware and present with you. And maybe I'll go, I'll go back to record some video episodes of the episodes, but I really enjoy just this audio format with, yeah, you and me, you know, kind of. And yeah, so I'm very excited for this next year and see where the podcast is heading to and where we're going to be by end of 2024. But I'm very op optimistic and already um, we have achieved more than ever expected. And wow, yeah, deep, deep gratitude. Okay, two things. Peak positive uh, emotions. One sip. Um, another peak, I think, of course, a lot of people, and I don't want to mention the names because, you know, uh, I will tell them in private. <laughs> I think it's much more meaningful. Another key aspect is for me, um, yeah, I think, maybe start with that. Traveling by myself. I did a lot of travel by myself last year. Work and travel. You know, it was a beautiful experience. You really get to know yourself and experience new things. And with this peak experience, I was also like working remotely. But funny enough, re working remotely was also my peak negative experience. So there's a two-sided sword. And I will talk more about it when we talk about the negative ones. But for me, remote, remote work really allowed me a lifestyle of travel and work. And it was exhilarating it was expanding it was beautiful i met so many amazing people it was freedom and wow i can really recommend it to anyone who has the opportunity to do it i mean i really are aware of the yeah it's a privilege to that i was able to experience it and but also at the same time so another peak positive experience was then actually working on side with nicholas to get the contrast again like to be um yeah, in, in the same room next to each other. It's such a different vibe to work. And I'm really looking forward. I'm actually going to Gen in January to Helsinki to work with Niklas again before we release the early version of Lumi, the app. I am really looking forward to it because there's limitations to re remote work. And I will get back to this on the negative side. And peak, um, other peak positives. For me, actually, really exploring spirituality and, and it, it happened start with the last year Wim Hof retreat the ice bathing love it breath work love it and again to be very I would think for me it's, it's always such a triggering word and I understand it for me I mean I if you ask me if you <laughs> you came to me one year ago or two years ago and you would want to talk about spirituality or like you say like you're a spiritual person and you know I would, have <laughs> would be triggered as well or like but, you know, for me, it's really a spirituality for me has become much more. It's nothing about with a person, personified God in any kind of religion. I also don't say I'm like, a, I don't belong to any form of religion. For me, spirituality, to put it very, very practical, it's the feeling of being connected with this world, the feeling, feeling to be connected with nature, the feeling being connected with everyone and everything and this feeling that there's something beyond us that can't be understood yet with our rational mind but can be only be understood and felt by really becoming self-aware, by really becoming mindful and by creating a space and a quietness in your inner world. Because once you're 
once you discover this, then it's like, wow, there's some form of communication happening. You know, where ideas come from, intuition, where your heart, that's beyond what we know what's happening. And for me, that's spirituality. Very simple. And I hope some people can relate to this. And this also doesn't mean for me, as I think it's so important, uh, being a spiritual person does not collide with science at all. I think it's actually a beautiful... It's... They complement each other, really. There's like, we wouldn't be here and I think it's so good that we have kind of like found the scientific method. Um, but there's a limit to science as well and there's a limit to spirituality. And we only need to know and be aware of where the limits are and don't try to cross over. Hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. Let me check. Where's the book? It was in the creative act. The book, the creative act, a way of being. And it was a beautiful quote I wanted. Oh, he wrote. Um, check it out. Rick Rubin, really, really great artist. He said, it's not unusual for science to catch up to art eventually. Nor is it unusual for art to catch up to the spiritual. Wow. Really cool. So yeah, and what it means for me is like, you know, like really be open and accept and allow this side in me to, yeah, to come to surface and allow it to, and explore this side within me, which led me to beautiful travels to, which led me to Peru, led me to Peru, let me participate in really beautiful ceremonies with deeply rooted rituals. And it allowed me to explore and heal in many, many ways. And um, for this, I'm ever so grateful for. And yeah, uh, actually, did I mention this one episode? Yes, I did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this allowed me to have the courage to host invite people, friends of mine, to a Wimov retreat, you know, and host a cacao ceremony for my family for Christmas or play, you know, just play Maya, play with them, uh, with astro, car astro cards, which kind of like the Maya, um, kind of like Maya's uh, star sign, birth, uh, whatever. <laughs> so these are one of the pillars. So it was creativity, spirituality, and then, checking my notes again. Yeah, so my peak performances were to, to for me actually, my signature strength also like creativity, my soul, which was connected to spirituality and philosophy, to travel, the social relationships, to spend a lot of time with beautiful friends and people that, you know, showed me in very beautiful ways what life can be made of and possible and expanders and yeah what anything so these are just a few peak performances there were more but I think there's like a lot to do with people directly so <laughs> I might <laughs> I might um, yeah not not mention this here and oh yeah one thing but I mentioned this in the in the spiritual part it was the ayahuasca ceremony I think with my mother but I was alone. It was absolutely wow, mind blowing and life changing and 
yeah, just also like just traveling with my mom to Peru was wow. Just amazing. Mm. Okay, so the peak, peak positives. And there are many more. And now I'm going to talk about the peak negatives or the leading negatives. And actually two of them can be turned into positive. So let's start with, oh no, let's start with the remote work because I also put remote work on the negative. So one thing, one definitely thing that uh, made me also decide to quit my job for this um, yeah, very prestigious job, uh, Melbourne Burst Startup, was not just about working fully on Lumi, but also it was just very exhausting to just work 100% remote and to have no real social con bonds or connections with the people you work with. I mean, I visited them in Melbourne, then it was amazing. But it's different when you're just in Europe, different time zones. You have to wake you wake up every morning, like with this. I felt like, you know, like I even realized a few months in after I, I quit, there was this. I woke up actually for a very long time with a very slight anxiety every morning because, like, oh, I need to get up. There's like a meeting. There's like this pressure. I only have two, three hours every morning to catch up with people because uh, on that, then they would end their job or job, <laughs> then they would end day their day and yeah this was just gone i was like whoa something's gone i was like ah oh, this anxiety is gone beautiful i felt it was amazing and i think i have a much more holistic view in remote work i think yes absolutely it's it's an it's a great opportunity and i think it should be a policy in every company that people should be able to work remotely there should be no strings attached on the other hand, it should, it needs to be part of the culture to show hey, it's so, we get like this bonding face-to-face -face next to each other. There's like so much magic happening. It's not about just producing, it's just about this creative juice and just like this feeling of like, oh, we're in this together, in the trench. This can't be achieved purely remotely, in my opinion. So that it needs both, you know? Mm-hmm. Another peak negative, and I think um, yeah, I think it's actually a positive. So two things, I actually started quit, I quit drinking alcohol. I mean, never had an issue with alcohol. It was actually al already early this year and last year it became less and less that I drank. And actually with that, I, I actually it's actually a positive. <laughs> it's not a negative, but I put negative drinking alcohol and actually it's a positive peak experience to stop drinking alcohol. And for me, it had really, really has changed my life. And I really, I started noticing it already earlier this year when I started to drink less, less and less, like really, wow, almost maybe one or two beers per month. And then suddenly your body becomes much more sensitive when you actually drink alcohol. And it's much worse than actually when you are not when you actually drink every week, maybe one or two beers. And you actually realize how intoxicating it is, but also like how, mu how much you pay for this short relief. And here's the thing, you know, anything, anything that, that provides you with an instant easy relief in your life doesn't come for free. I think many people don't realize it. Like actually with alcohol, you know, you drink something, even like one drink or two drinks really fucks you up and your mood. And especially I, re I realize it for myself that one drink you would feel the next day and maybe the next day after. It's your mood is different. You don't sleep well. Because you don't sleep well, you actually the next day doesn't start well at all. 
And then often would people then, you know, they would drink on Friday, they don't, they don't feel good. Maybe on Saturday, drink another drink to kind of like ease the hangover. Then on Sunday, it's like, they feel, you know, you feel really bad and anxiety, anxiety riddled. And then like, oh, tomorrow is Monday. I don't want to start working. And it's like this weird cycle you're in. And for me, when I stopped alcohol, I think the biggest hurdle was to really, I had a, my biggest fear was like, oh, can I withhold this pressure when I'm surrounded by people who drink? Um, can I have, can I, will I turn into a party pooper if I don't drink? And what happens to certain friendships if I don't drink anymore? And it was interesting. I think it was easier than done to actually not drink with surrounded by people who drink and enjoy. And actually, I still had an amazing time. I was like, you know, I even had a, actually had a better time than being, you know, when you when you drink because suddenly you just you start realizing, wow, the joy is just within you. It's not dependent on a drink, even though it's like comforting. And to be clear, I'm not someone like who judges people who drink or like are 100% against alcohol. For me, there's like one exception when I drink alcohol. is like when there's a very, very special moment. It's with a clear intention, positive vibes and like, you know, consciously why, why are we drinking today? What are we celebrating? Is it like to get fucked or is it just to really enjoy, for example, a really good red wine in a good company to just honor a moment? That's for me uh, an exception. And actually, I also don't drink when there's a lot of people, um, especially a lot of people I don't know. So yes, it's been a big thing, a big. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't drink alcohol, alcohol anymore, and for me, it has everything became better. You know, your mood is very stable, uh, less anxiety, clear-headed. Sleep becomes very. For me, I had a very, very good sleep on on average. Uh, you save money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, your sex drives Im improves uh, everything. It's just a good choice, and actually, yeah, alcohol is very toxic. Even though if you drink just one glass of alcohol, and again, I'm not here to preach to stop it. I'm just saying, for me, it was a peak positive em uh, um, emotion or event to stop drinking alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> about that, <laughs> and you know. Often, um, alcohol is also like a, sorry, I was burping. <laughs> it's also a way of numbing yourself. You know, if there's like stress, uncomfortable thoughts, it's good. You know, it's a relief, but it's just a short-term relief. It doesn't really solve the root problem. And I didn't want to solve like numb the symptoms. I really, for me, solving root problems is through really going deep. Um, Facing challenging topics um, can be painful to face these topics and then grow afterwards. It's always worth it. Because, again, um, anything that promises you instant and easy relief uh, never comes e uh, for cheap, uh, cheap, never comes for free. And alcohol, especially when you get really, really drunk, yeah, the price you pay is quite, quite big. The days after, I mean, if you think about it, you drink maybe you're really drunk for and you have like a few hours and then the days after is all the time you pay back 
and your body needs to repair, needs to kind of like detox, uh, detox. Your neurochemicals are all just mixed up, and you have to kind of like settle down again. You can have you have a skewed view on the world, on your emotions. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's also like a powerful, <laughs> powerful, powerful drug. <laughs> in the end. So yeah, okay. About that. For me, it was a, a peak to stop, and don't regret it at all. And yeah, peak. So remote work, the loneliness, um, positive, negative, drinking alcohol, but also stopping alcohol. Let's see what peak negative I have as well. Yeah, forcing things. So there were moments in, my, in the last year where you know I really tried to force things and did not allow to follow my intuition and just surrender. And every time that happened, um, I, I just picture these moments and the situations I'm in and it doesn't feel right. And also not it's not pleasant. So there are moments in, 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 in this year and I know that um, it's a process and it's very hard. You know, it's, it's not easy, but I've become much more attuned to when I am actually trying to force things. And I've been much more attuned to kind of let go and just surrender and really trust in this process of this, whatever is happening here right now. And, you know, it's so important. I always mention this when I say this. Surrendering doesn't mean to just give by what other people say. No, not at all. Surrendering means to be able to really tune in into your inner world and listen what this inner world has to say to you and surrender that this is the correct, this is the authentic path that really is aligned with your heart where things become easy and aliveness is just the result of following that path. To follow your inner voice and your heart. That means surrendering. And it's not doesn't mean a hedonistic lifestyle now surrendering actually means to make very tough decisions sometimes because you have to course course correct it means courage because you have to jump into the waters murky waters of uncertainty that's surrendering and to trust complete faith that this is the right path i mean like wow when i decide to quit my job and to go all in who there were some dark thoughts <laughs> trying to convince me otherwise but so far i don't regret it at all and as you know as i said i'm enjoying this moment of my life so much to be able to really work on lumi with nicholas and there's yeah more people joining we're going to launch it soon it's, it's it's amazing and then working on this podcast and having this beautiful small following base that's what it ha- means to follow your inner heart. Whatever it means to you, just have faith in doing that for 2024. Yeah. So these were the two. Let's keep it there. <laughs> I mean, there's so many more, but it's like, again, it becomes very, a lot of personal things. And like, I think I'm gonna, yeah, it's just about, it's just for, for them to hear, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that was my year's review summarized. <laughs> and yeah for this podcast let's see yeah 2024 outlooks so very excited january we're gonna launch lumi early access so hyped i'm gonna go to helsinki early january this 
spend some time there. Who worked with Nicholas on the last last meters together in the in the trench. Um, yes, and we're gonna look for pre-seed funding maybe. And another highlight is gonna be I'm gonna complete my flow coaching program. And this will also mean a, re a focus on my content production. So on Instagram, as I said, I'm gonna actually they're gonna be very targeted content production about flow, well-being, holistic well-being, positive psychology, and actually how you listener can actually trigger more flow states in your life to get more done in less time and have more space for your life to actually get back, become the master of your time again. So yeah, that's gonna be the content focus for next year new experiment guest episodes will happen there's actually going to be a really cool guest in january um, who published a work about remote work she used to work at ido and wordpress uh, it's going to be amazing to have her on a guest uh, on the show and yeah some other cool guests coming up aren't really amazing people who have been for decades doing great work on yeah healing masculine energies and feminine and bring like this conscious love and like really working a lot with um, yeah, ma uh, conscious masculinity beautiful beautiful work and yeah 2004 I'm excited I'm really excited whatever's gonna happen has been already worth it <laughs> you know if it if it turns out that yeah I want to talk about it doesn't matter whatever happens it's gonna happen but I'm so far the decisions, you know, quit my job and really go all the way and double down, worth it. Forget the financials. Um, you know, this, in my situations right now, it's not the most critical thing. I can live with very little money. <laughs> and for me, actually, the most important thing is to have the agency and the autonomy over my time and use it for, yeah, what the universe wants me to do and i think this is how it feels it feels right at the moment one more one more sip all right so we're gonna hit oh, less than 24 40 minutes maybe um yeah let's put the music yeah the listener so one cycle over again you know, look back to this year with pride, with respect, with gratitude. You have done everything you can. And 2024, this new cycle, is waiting for you. It's waiting for you to really tune in, to listen to your heart, to listen to this inner voice within you that already knows what to do next trust have faith even though even though your yeah monkey mind says something different have the courage to follow this voice there's a reason we have this inner voice it's there for us and you have everything you need to walk that path that was that's so unique for you because we're here together and we all contribute uniquely to this creation of this world. And by creation, I mean literally creating things by conversations, by planning things, by meeting people, by bringing an idea to the world, by writing something, starting a business, cooking something, cleaning your apartment, 
listening to this podcast, <laughs> me talking in the microphone. We create all the time. That's creativity. It's our birthright. And I know with you, my dear listener, we will continue to create a world where there's a win-win for all of us towards a positive direction. In a world where, yeah, there's joy, peace, love, collaboration, and understanding. So this said, I hope, I wish you all the best for 2024. And I can't wait where we're going to be in one year. But I know it's going to be a great place. And at this point, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I thank you so much for your attention and the choice to listen to this podcast. Thank you.